Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Lift and Coast. Unfortunately, no Kurt with us today, but we've got maybe the next best thing. Dale, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here. Awesome. Anytime I can win for big bro, I'm good to go. <laughs> you got to sub in. You got you to do, do, play your role. So oh, man, coach. round nine uh, this weekend, Austrian Grand Prix, um, another comfortable win for Max. Um, we'll get into some of the storylines that came out of this race, but what are your, what were your reactions to, you know, another easy breezy win for Max? Well, you know, first and foremost, it was just amazing to see fans back, right? Despite it being all orange. I mean, I'm used to being team red, but uh, it was incredible to see the people were there happy, excited, and that really lifted the atmosphere, um, which I'm sure helped Max. Um, it's a grand slam for Max, right? That that's three in a row. He's on an incredible pace right now and probably the easiest race he's ever won. Yeah, and you talked about the fans, and another another element to that is not only were they pro Max, but they were pro Lando because anything Lando gave gave Red Bull was a was a cherry on top for another great weekend for them. So really thrilled with the Lando podium for for all those Max guys. Absolutely, I mean I'm definitely Team Lando, um, but yeah, it was interesting to see them cheer regardless. I mean, anything to to not see Mercedes cross the line ahead of them was uh was great, and they, the fans were certainly showing their love. Yeah, let's jump into Lando a little bit. So. He had another really, really awesome qualifying um, yesterday. Um, it was P2. Um, and then early on in the broadcast, they were talking about, you know, Lando's going to want to go head to head with Mercedes, but, you know, is the team going to want him to do that? They're more focused on, you know, we just want to be P5, P4. If we can get out of here with good points, that would be a win. Lando had some other things in mind. He wanted to go head to head with Lewis and kind of defend that, defend that off a little bit. Um, he held his own against Mercedes. Obviously, at the end of the race, Lewis was dealing with some damage and tires and stuff like that. But what did you see out of Lando today? I mean, Lando's an incredible driver, and credit to Lewis for giving you know Lando some love um, on that pass. But Lando's pace and McLaren's pace is obviously just way ahead of Mercedes. Mercedes is really struggling with pace issues right now on the straights. They're losing out, and when you have an amazing driver like Lando. Um, it's going to be tough. And I think if McLaren had it their way, Lando would have dropped behind a bit earlier and not given Lewis as much of a, a fight. But the fans certainly loved it because it just gave Verstappen such a lead. I mean, he was gaining 20 seconds the gap. We, I mean, I don't even think we saw Verstappen for more than five seconds on broadcast because he was just so far ahead. Yeah, and the thing with Lando is I feel like every, you know, every weekend, every few weeks, we look at him and his trajectory in Formula 1 and we're looking like, the ceiling just seems to get higher and higher because, you know, it's always, okay, it's the, the four guys, it's the two Red Bulls, two Mercedes, and then it's McLaren, and then it's Lando. But now it's like, you know, he, he went head-to-head with Lewis and head-to-head with Bottas all day today. And, you know, another you know podium, this is three podiums on the year already. So, look, like he, he's having himself an awesome year in the best form of his career, and it's, it's only up from here. Yeah, I mean, Lando, I mean, this is a hot take we'll get into a bit later, but, you know, Lando is everything that, you know, Daniel Ricciardo should have been, right? I mean, he's really such a young guy who's not crumbling under the pressure and performing at such a high level and having fun while he's doing it, too. He's becoming a fan favorite, driver of the day today after a five-second penalty. Um, just what a drive, right? What a yeah. drive. And on the broadcast near the end, they, they refer to him as a future world champion. And it just yeah. kind of made me think, like, you know, you look at Max and obviously what he's accomplishing week to week and, you know, some of the other guys that we talk about every week. Lando is one of these guys that's going to be here for a, a really, really long time. He's the future of F1 alongside Max and some of the other guys. Um, it's just interesting to, to hear, you know, if he gets an opportunity to win a world championship, he's going to be um, 
you know, he, I'm sure he'll take advantage of that opportunity. I think the question now becomes is, does Lando, can he win in a McLaren car? Does he stay or does he go? And it's such a, it's such an interesting thing because McLaren's got the pace. They're definitely getting funded better. Um, they need a better second driver for sure to, to, to be more competitive. I think, you know, Ricardo was 13th in, in qualifying, which just didn't put him nearly up front. You, you need both those cars to, to make some moves. Lando couldn't. He had Hamilton and Bottas behind him. He was alone. There's not much you can do. And it's the same issues that Verstappen used to have. Um, but now Perez is certainly kind of helping out with that. But you can't be driving alone out there. Yeah. You mentioned Perez. Let's talk about him just for a quick minute. Uh, he comes in P3, has that little run-in with Lando, and then they give him, they give Lando the penalty on that one and then give Perez. Like, like there were so many penalties. It was kind of like... Karma's a beautiful thing, you know. The, the racing today, I mean... The stewards were a little bit trigger happy. They were handing out penalties left and right. I mean, it was just like, uh, I mean, there's there's basic racing contact, right? I don't think anything was out of line. I don't think there's anything that, you know, should have been flagged today. It was just, it was great competitive racing. That's what the fans want. Obviously, we want to be safe, but I don't think anyone was driving reckless today. Yeah, and the Perez, you know, kind of fighting for second there and then drops himself down to ninth or tenth and kind of he was a non-factor the rest of the way in terms of a podium finish. So really unfortunate for him, but, you know, Lando, Lando was kind of able to, to take that on and, and figure it out anyway. Should I go, should I go try to check Norris's uh, cojones and he failed, man. Lando, he's a quiet guy and unassuming, but he has got guts. He is a gutsy, gutsy dude. Yeah. So let's go down the grid a little bit. Um, I want to talk about George Russell because Kurt and I have talked about him uh, a number of times in, in the few weeks that we've done this. And it's always you know, disappointment, but, you know, heartbreak and bad luck. And there's always something with him that's just not going his way. Uh, he gets into Q3 yesterday for the first time, um, qualifies P9, um, kind of falls out of, his, falls out of the points early on in the race, falls down, I think, 12th or 13th, but then was kind of battling back and has 10th, is, is fighting off Alonzo, and just wasn't able to do it, just didn't have the pace. Talk to me about... You know, another kind of, I don't want to say disappointment, but just another missed opportunity maybe to, to get into the points for, for George Russell. Hmm. You know, I don't know about disappointment because it is a Williams car at the end of the day. Um, you know, they're not as competitive as they would like to be. Uh, listen, Russell's a fantastic driver, great up-and-comer. Do I think the hype train is valid behind him? I'm not too sold on it yet, personally. Um, do I think he's Mercedes caliber? Do, do I think the media should be vilifying Bottas like they are? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think he can drive like Bottas at this point in time. But we'll find out. Was it disappointing? Um, you know, he had the position, right? He just had to keep it, and he wasn't able to do so. Um, at no fault to the team or, or really his own. He just maybe he didn't have the pace, but he certainly drived well. Um, but that's a place he should have kept, absolutely. Do you think um... – you know, obviously, just from what you said there, like you're looking to see more from him before he just kind of gets handed a seat in the Mercedes. What do you see, you know, the next year or two look like for him? Well, Mercedes is looking to make the decision by the summer, right? So that'll tell us a lot. Um, when he's in a more quote-unquote competitive car, we'll see what he can do. Um, but I just, I don't think he's at that caliber yet. I just, I just don't see it. Yep. You know, look at someone, I mean, Lando's in a lot more of a competitive car, but look what he's been able to do so far. And it's, uh, for me, it's a bit, it's a bit more impressive. Yeah. So, so on the topic of Mercedes, they're in kind of a pickle now. We're approaching the halfway point of the season. We're nine races in, 
Um, and they just need to figure something out desperately uh, and, and, you know, soon because Red Bull is starting to, to, to open that gap up a little bit, both in the drivers and in the constructors. What is the way forward for Mercedes? Is there a way forward? I guess I'll start with that. Yeah. No, there definitely is. But right now, the attention and the focus has not been on the track. It's been in the paddock, and that's been hurting them, right? Uh, first, with uh, Lewis's re-signing, finally they've got that over the line, but that was looming over everyone's heads for quite some time. And I'm sure taking away from Lewis's um, focus and his attention. Um, and then I'm not so sure if it's the media or if it's the paddock itself, but Valtteri keeps getting the short end of the stick, and it's 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 always like Russell, 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 and then Valtteri second, right? But Valtteri is an incredible driver who should never be discredited, um, who is scoring points, holding his own, uh, but always sort of getting the, the second hand or the, the second stick. So it'll be interesting to see how the season plays out. Um, I think Silverstone is the make or break for the entire season. Um, that will either be Mercedes way to come back and Lewis taking back some points, or it'll be a stamp on Verstappen's season, winning it in Lewis's home track. Yeah, I think with with Valtteri, P3 last week, P2 this week, and, you know, it's kind of been completely swept under the the rug. Um, But two solid performances, and, and, you know, two or three weeks ago, Kurt and I talked about that. The difference in in the constructors was the difference in Perez and and Valtteri. And Valtteri has kind of swung that a little bit the last two weeks. Um, Their way forward is interesting because there's two ways to look at it. It's you know, it's obviously still so early. The gap isn't crazy. Like, it's building, but it's still so much, so many races left. But on the flip side, it's, you know, what is, what are those adjustments that Mercedes can actually make to make mm. up the, you know, 15, 20 seconds in pace that Mercedes or Red Bull has seen the last two weeks? I don't think they can make any changes to the car because they're already at limitations for budgeting for the season. With the new FIA rules, they can only spend so much money. And that's why I think they were really hesitant with Lewis today and not damaging the car further. So, you know, it's up to the drivers now at this point in the paddock. Um, they need to try and hush as much of that noise as possible as far as who's getting the seat. Um, Lewis has now re-signed. That, that's great confidence. And now they just need to strictly focus on driving because I'm not entirely sure their focus has been on driving so far. Yeah, and it's interesting to me how fast the narrative has shifted about the season. Mm-hmm. Lewis, I think, had a three-to-one race win lead. Uh, and then it was kind of a head-to-head. It was Lewis versus Max, and then the last three weeks, it's been all Max, uh, and that's all happened in, in you know nine races. More than the last three weeks, too, right? Because Max would have potentially won five. Yeah, right. two races uh, got stripped away from him. It's been pretty dominant for Max so far, and I think the the way for the way to success for Mercedes is they need to start on pole. They, they need to start on pole because if they don't, we've seen that the Mercedes car doesn't follow well. It doesn't do well in the dirty air um, and it doesn't have the pace to get ahead. So the only way for, I think, Mercedes and the way forward is to get on pole and stay ahead. If they're following, they don't have the pace to keep up with uh, Red Bull right now. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see because, um, you know, the way this has played out the first nine weeks, uh, we've got 14 races or so left. It'll be interesting. I mean, if Red Bull continues to put the pressure on, you know, there will come a point where, um, you know, this season will be will become a dead end for Mercedes and there will be nothing else to do, both for Lewis mm-hmm. and for the constructors. So that's something to keep an eye on, obviously. You know, Max is three in a row now. Uh, they've got a couple weeks off. Um, and Lewis will have a, a big opportunity to, 
you know, put some pressure back on and, and close the gap a little bit in Silverstone. So something to watch, obviously. Yeah, Silverstone is going to be big. That's my, uh, I'm very excited. That's probably the, the, the most look forward to race so far for the season for me, right? Um, but also, too, Orlando, Orlando does really well in Silverstone. So it might be an additional coming out party for Lando. And that's the interesting thing about this Mercedes piece is they used to just be looking, you know, beside them or ahead or behind at Red Bull. But now you've got this like 22 year old kid who's just like, oh, like doing everything he can to, to get in the mix. And it's like Lewis and Valtteri are like, shit, I wasn't really planning on planning for this guy. And he's just in the mix every week now. Yeah. I mean, if, if it wasn't for Lando, it would have been a completely different race. Um, Verstappen just had nothing but clean air in front of him. And, and it was Lando and, and Hamilton battling and battling for a really long time, losing, you know, a sixth tenth of a second every lap, gaining a further advantage. So, um, you know, Lando's kind of like that annoying little brother, I guess, right? And he's playing his part very, very well. Yeah. So, I mean, the next thing I wanted to go to was driver of the day. And I don't know whose yours is, but mine is Lando mm-hmm. just because of his yeah. performance of qualifying and obviously an incredible podium finish today. Do you have the same answer there? You know, it's, it's, it's tough because I really enjoyed Carlos's race. I think Carlos made up something like five or six positions. Um, the Ferrari team made a great move in moving Carlos ahead of Charles to try and catch uh, some pace, and he was able to do so uh, and finished really well. So that was great. Uh, Lando, though, um, five-second penalty and still was able to, to hold the podium. So I think that was really impressive. So for me, it could have swung either which way. But uh, I think the last race... I wanted Lando to win driver of the day as well, but he didn't, but I think he was deserving. Yeah. It just shows the season he's having. Yeah. And, and again, it, it's only up from here. He's got so much potential uh, yeah. and so much to accomplish ahead of him. Let's, let's go forward. So we, we talk about we're nine races in now um, mm-hmm. to this point, you know, what have you seen from this season? You know, everything included, you know, what drivers, what storylines have you been paying attention to? What's jumped out at you? Has anything shocked you or is there anything that's kind of jumped out to you in that way? In a way, it's nice to see Mercedes now winning all the time. I mean, I'm a huge Hamilton fan, right? But uh, in any sport, you want it to be competitive, right? When one team is running away with it, 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 it sort of takes away from the experience, right? Especially from a fan uh, perspective. Uh, Storylines I'm following, I've been following Pierre Gasly and Daniel Ricciardo really closely. And uh, I'll start with Daniel Ricciardo. And he's just sort of been a disappointment for me. And it's, I, I'm wondering, he must be regretting his decision to leave Red Bull. He must be, right? He was in the most competitive car. He was getting sort of outshone by the, the new up-and-comer, Max, and he wanted his own spotlight, so, so he left. But I don't think the moves have panned out for him the way that he wanted to. First with, obviously, um, Alpine, um, used to be Renault, and then now with uh, McLaren. He's, he's just not competing at the level we thought he would be. Most people thought Daniel Ricciardo would be a world champion, right, including himself. And uh, he just he hasn't delivered. So I'm, I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, but that's been something I've been following really closely. What are your thoughts on, uh, on Daniel? Yeah, he's been this kind of inconsistent thing that changes week to week and even not only week to week, but from qualifying to race and free practice to qualifying, like depending on the day and, and you know, what the weather is, like you really don't know what you're going to get from him. And that's been the biggest thing. Um, you know, if you take Lando versus the two Ferraris, um, you know, McLaren should very clearly be in third just because how much better Lando has been. But yeah. Ricardo hasn't been able to score consistent points week in and week out. And that's yeah. why the gap between McLaren and Ferrari isn't that big. 
it's only a handful of points. So, you know, I came in here two weeks ago when he finished, I think, P6. And I was like, okay, like, is this maybe a return to form? Is this maybe him getting comfortable in the car and, uh, you know, getting back into it a little bit? And then, you know, the following week, he, he has a P2 in free practice, qualifies 13th. 13th. Uh, and, and it's just, it's hard to really judge because you just don't know what you're going to get. It changes every day. So, you know, from your vantage point, what do you think the rest of the season looks like for him? Is there, I don't know, you know, season's not looking even further ahead. Is what does his career look like, right? Like, you know, because McLaren with Lando's sort of surgeons, they're going to want to pair him with a partner that's competitive. And 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 Daniel certainly at any given day could be the best driver on the track. But it's which Daniel you're going to get, right? Um, qualified P13, made up some great places today. Um, you know, riding the highs and lows. But I think what we need to see for the rest of the season is, is this qualifying because it's just him out there. It's just, it's his time. There, there's less sort of, I um, mean, you still get race traffic, obviously, but it's up to him to put up those times and, and get ahead. And I think the McLaren car is better than the Mercedes car. I think their pace is faster and he should be qualifying ahead of them every week. Yeah. You talked about Gasly uh, and he's been a guy that I've loved watching um, yeah. just because of the narrative of what happened with him in Red Bull and, and everything that's happened to him since then. We love a good story. We, we love a good story, right? So he's been a guy that's qualified incredibly all year. You know, I think he's been top six or eight every week except for one or two maybe. So mm-hmm. he's had a, a really, really good qualifying run uh, this year. Transferring that to points and, and race performances is a little different because there's more variables, pit stops, all these yeah. other things that come into play. But he's had a solid year, and you know, you talked about – looking at a guy like Russell, you know, he needs to prove more. Um, you know, Gasly's way more proven, obviously in a much better car, but he's Absolutely. done more and done, and done it more consistently as well. Well, Gasly's faced adversity and come out the good side, you know, come out the end of it, uh, where in a way that I don't think Ricardo hasn't and Russell has not yet experienced. Gasly's incredible. I mean, if you love a good narrative, then obviously you cannot want to support the guy. Um, his first race win was incredible. Uh, I think today was probably his most disappointing performance of the season. I mean, he, he was competitive. He scored points, but he dropped some places. Um, but it also goes back to that team, right? Uh, y- Yuki hasn't been able to find his way yet. You know, as a rookie, y- Yuki is still struggling. Um, y- Yuki had almost two penalties today for <laughs> driving off the line, going into, going into the pit lane. Um, and he just hasn't been able to keep up at the same pace as, as Pierre. Right. Um, but I love Pierre. I love his story. He's such a hard worker. Um, great Instagram page too, by the way, if you want to give it a follow. Um, but I'm really excited to see the future of Pierre. You know, does he stay at AlphaTauri? Does he does he move ahead? I think the best move for him is to move ahead into a more competitive car, but we'll see, right? Yeah. And again, it's just like that pace that he's shown qualifying um, and he's won races, right? So it's like... Whether or not he'll get a better opportunity or we'll see out this Alphatari thing um, is interesting. It remains to be seen, but we'll keep an eye on it. Is, is there anything else? You mentioned Ricardo, Gasly, anyone else yeah. that, that jumps out at you about um, the season so far? What's the continued failure of Ferrari? You know, so I'm team Ferrari through and through. I grew up on Ferrari. I've been a, I've been a Ferrari fan since I was probably four years old watching the races. Um, grew up on obviously Schumacher. I'm a Schumacher fan for life. Um, so Ferraris, you know, they, they have the most funding, 
they've got the largest fan base. And I think they're, you know, in a way taking advantage of that in the recent years, because as long as they can be competitive, then they don't really need to win races because F1 is still a business at the end of the day. Right. And uh, it's, you know, money is king in this business and they make a lot of it um, without having to spend as much. What is your take on the drivers? You know, obviously the car has been covered so much the last two years, couple of years. Yeah. Where where do you stand on on Carlos and Charles and what their futures are um, in Ferrari? I was really surprised that they went with Carlos. I mean, that came out of nowhere for me. That signing at the same time with Carlos and then Sebastian and signing in the same week. It was a, a huge shock to me. Charles, I kind of saw coming. They were developing him. Uh, they wanted to take a risk on a new driver. And Charles was great. I'm not... I don't know. I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not sold on the drivers as a Ferrari fan, but I'm also not unsold. It's kind of I'm in a weird place where like I'll accept them. I'll take them. But neither of them are my favorite. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And you mentioned this before we, we came on air. There's only two points separating them right now. And mm-hmm. it almost feels like it should be more of a gap. Charles has been obviously more comfortable. And, and Carlos has kind of come in here in a new car and has been figuring it out but only two points separates them. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes the rest of the year and whether or not they'll be able to, to creep up on McLaren um, as the season goes forward. You know, Carlos is still finding his way in the car, I think. Right. Um, But between the two, they're both at 60 points or 30 points off, you know, Valtteri Lando's at a hundred. So they're, you know, at least they're neck and neck there. Every race, they're they're close to each other and they're they're doing well, but they should be they should be ahead. They they should not be in the position that they're in. And then you know, on the constructors, only 122 points on the year, only 20 behind McLaren, not much, right? But they should be ahead. And the one thing that I look look to, especially in that constructors race, is Monaco and the the falling race. Leclerc pole twice and not really able to get anything from those two races. If, if those go differently, you know, we could be looking at this 3-4 could be switched totally. So, miss some missed opportunities, some still things that they're trying to iron out, but, you know, For we're sure. almost halfway through, and, and McLaren looks settled in at third place. I look for more consistency in Ferrari that I'm not seeing. Like, Ferrari should be consistent, right? So, those opportunities that were missed shouldn't have been opportunities missed, but they let mclaren in and they let a driver like lando just sort of you know take the pace and be and move ahead of them so ferrari just needs to do more and they have the funding to do so they have the ability to do so um but they're just not doing it and another storyline i've been following this year is aston martin um i don't think they saw alpatori coming I, I think they thought they had that spot solidified um, and it's still very much so a tight race. Alvatore's 48 points compared to Aston 44. Um, but Gasly is just, again, having a phenomenal season. And Stroll's not doing you know too bad. He's doing well. And I think Seb's had some really strong races and driver of the day uh, at least once this season. Um, unfortunate crash today at the end of the race. But, uh, you know, I think, I think Stroll's, you know, been looking for a bit more out of the team than he's getting currently. One guy I want to ask you about, is Esteban Ocon. He had, you know, a really, really strong start to the season, some good qualifying performances, and some good race finishes. But in the last, you know, this three-week stretch has kind of disappeared and hasn't really been comfortable at all. 
were you kind of high on him at the start of the season and have come back down or, or, you know, were you kind of looking for more before you were bought in? I'm a huge Esteban Ocon fan, right? Um, there's not many drivers I don't like. I mean, I love F1, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you never want to see someone not doing well. Uh, but it's a, it just shows you how F1 works, right? You need a lot of luck, a lot of skill, and you need to be stone cold consistent. If you don't have all three, you're not winning a season. So, you know, you need that bit of luck, but if you're not backing up with consistent performances, you're going to slowly slip down. And I think it's starting to his confidence a little bit. Now, unfortunately today though, um, the tire, the tire rod just went on him after such small contact. So I think they need to look at the car and figure out why that happened because such basic contact and we saw way worse contact throughout the race and there wasn't as much damage but his car just this tire completely just folded in and that's that's really unfortunate yeah he's a guy that i've loved um and was rooting for you know early on in the season it's just been tough to to watch him not put it together these last few weeks let's close with this so right now the gap between red bull and mercedes is 44 points yeah in the constructors and i'll tell you drivers in one second drivers is 32 between max and lewis when you look at both of those races, you know, we're nine races in here. We've got about 14 left. At what point, you know, if this continues to trend this direction, the way it has the last three, three races with wins, but like you mentioned before, the last four or five races with how dominant Max has been, what is your expectation and how likely is it for you that Lewis and Mercedes will start to bounce back and, and put some wins together? Like I said, Silverstone, it's going to be the make or break. Still very, there'll still be tons of races after Silverstone, but for me, Silverstone is make or break. Um, that's, that's Lewis's opportunity to, to bridge that gap, to win back some points, to get a win again, to break Max's streak. I think if Max wins again in Silverstone, and that's four races in a row, that's six dominant performances, um, you will see them pull away. And, and the one thing that's been interesting about listening to Lewis on radio and in post post-race interviews is just his kind of demeanor, his body language. His, Very nonchalant. Yeah. It's just, he, I don't want to say defeated, but he just feels like there's, you know, a level yeah. of helplessness. He can't look, it, it's out of his hands at this point. Defeated. He's just, uh, well, you know, Lewis, Lewis is peace and love, you know, he's, uh, he's just a, it's just a nice guy. Right. And uh, it's not really a sport for nice guys, which is kind of odd, right. To say, um, so it's not that he's defeated, but I think, I think he's at a point in his career where he's, he's very happy with what he's done. And, and if he doesn't win, it won't be the end of the world for him, right? Uh, where you have someone like Max who's chasing that win, who's so hungry for it. And when you're that hungry compared to someone who has had so much success, I think Lewis, in a way, isn't defeated, but I think Lewis is almost happy to see someone else winning, right? There's not many drivers who are happy when someone else is succeeding, especially in F1 and how competitive it is. Um, you know, you, you listen to the team radios or throughout the day when they're, they're, they're racing, someone passes uh, Lewis and says, hey, good job, great racer. Someone passes Kimi Raikkonen or Carlos Sainz. You know, they're beeping out everything because it's just F1 <laughs> right? Um, so it's just really interesting to see it. Um, but Lewis is a character, right? He's, um, there's never going to be someone like him. He's a complete one of a kind individual. Um, and, uh, I still believe he's the best racer in F1. So we'll, we'll see what he does, but Silverstone is, it's going to be big. Yeah. And, and 
just a quick follow up to that. Like you can tell with Lewis just how complimentary he's been of Max and even Lando today. Um, it's like a, a fine line of like he's obviously doing everything he can to win, but there's just a ceiling on his car right now relative to what Red Bull has, and it's just kind of a tough spot to be in. I think Mercedes is playing the long game. They know there's a lot of races left. And again, with the way the funding has sort of shifted in F1, there's so much money they can spend on upgrades or repairs. Um, and uh, Red Bull is going balls to the wall right now. They're going pretty heavy. So we'll, we'll see uh, what happens. But uh, definitely, I think funding is playing a big part. They haven't made any upgrades recently, and it's going to cost much to make anything further. Um, their only key to success for me is they need to start on pole. They cannot be following. If they're following, they're not going to be winning. Yeah, so let's close out here. So we've got Silverstone in two weeks. I'm going to give you the floor for a couple minutes. What can people expect from that race? And do you think Lewis is going to bounce back? I think Lewis will bounce back. Uh, I don't see Max winning four in a row. I mean, for any F1 driver to win four in a row, I mean, come on, that's just like, that's near impossible, right? Um, I see, yeah, I, I see Max crumbling a little bit under the pressure, giving up some space. Lewis takes the win. Uh, but I think Lando has another strong showing. I think Lando, I think Lando podiums, uh, as well. Awesome. I'm excited to see it. The fans are going to be out. Uh, yeah. Full Just force. Fans back. It's huge, man. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, we're seeing this kind of as COVID sort of slowly fades away, um, little by little um, and fans and all sports are coming back and just an F one too. It's, it's amazing. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Dale, thank you so much for, for hopping on the show. Um, the usual specs suspects, Kurt and I will be back in two weeks to talk about Silverstone. You know, maybe uh, we'll have a little win. Favorite. <laughs> Dale, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, I appreciate it. Anytime.